0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance from Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people. Before we get started with today's teaching, remember you can learn more about Pastor Michael Lance, the church, how to donate, how to contact us, and the podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael Lance and part one of his teaching in Revelation 12 called the conflict of you
1: Revelation 11:15 says the seventh angel sounded and there arose loud voices in heaven saying the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our lord and of his christ and he will reign for how long forever and ever and the 24 elders who sit on their thrones before God, we've seen them several times in the book now, fell on their faces and worship God, saying, we give thanks, O Lord God, the Almighty, who art and who was, because thou hast taken thy great power and has begun to reign. And the nations were enraged, and thy wrath came. And the time came for the dead to be judged, and the time to give their reward to the bo- Uh, Their reward to thy bondservants, uh, the prophets and the saints, and to those who fear thy name, the small and the great, and to destroy those who destroy the earth. You could see in verse 18, the Bema Seat uh, judgment, which is really for rewards, that's mentioned there for the people of God, not for judgment. Sin is dealt with for believers, but for rewards. And the temple of God, verse 19, which is in heaven, was opened. And the ark of his covenant appeared in his temple, and there were flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder and an earthquake and a great hailstorm. If you look at those signs there, look at flashes of lightning, sounds, peals of thunder, an earthquake, hailstorm, all signs of judgment there. And uh, that is Revelation 11, which is actually, uh, one writer says, chiastically right in the middle of the book of Revelation there's 22 chapters in Revelation and you could say the second coming of Christ is depicted right in the middle so that everything surrounds it. Now some of you are saying, "But that's strange to me, Pastor Michael. How does that work in the order of Revelation?" Well, Revelation is not necessarily all consecutive. Sometimes it looks back. Sometimes there are interludes in the book of Revelation to explain something, to give us a little bit more uh You know, backstory, if you will, and that's what we're gonna get in Revelation 12, 13, and 14. We have come to what we would call an interlude in the book of Revelation. That means there's gonna be a kind of a pause from the flow that's been happening to explain something else. And scholars would say that Revelation 12, 13, and 14 form a trilogy of thought to explain what's behind me the conflict of the ages. What has happened to this planet? What has happened to mankind? Who is Satan? Where did he come from? What is the big story of the nation of Israel and the church being grafted into the nation? What can explain the history of Israel, for example, and the history of the church? How do we make sense of what we see today, conflict in mankind, you know, mass shootings, persecution, tension, You know, threats of nuclear war, you name it, it's before us right now. How do we explain what's been going on in the world and in the world that we don't often talk about, the unseen world? The place where the Bible describes a cosmic conflict with uh, forces of wickedness in heavenly places. It calls Satan the prince of the power of the air. Is there another dimension that we don't pay much attention to? And I say we being people in general, to explain maybe some of the things that seem inexplicable to the talking heads, to to people who are trying to figure out why people do what they do. Is there a spiritual battle going on? The Bible says, indeed, there is a spiritual battle. And in fact, you're involved in it. I don't know if you knew you were in a fight, but you are. The Bible says, explains that fight in many places, especially in Ephesians chapter six, when it says that you've been given armor. Armor is for one thing, think about it. Armor is for protection. You have the armor of God because you need protection. Who wants to protect you? It's your father. He loves you, that's why he gave you armor. And he knows you're in a battle and he knows who the enemy is and he's known him for a long time. He knows more about this unseen world than we do, so we would do well to put on the provisions that he gives to us. Would you agree? Yes. It's kind of like when you tell your kids, look, be careful, don't do this, be careful, watch. Why? Not? I know, I know, I know. No, you don't know. You think you know, but you don't know. Because we... If you've lived a little bit longer, perhaps several decades longer than the one you're speaking to, you have a little bit more experience with the world and with people and those who you can trust and those who you might not trust. The people that you say, I will trust you as far as I can throw you, and that kind of thing. So Revelation 12 opens with a great sign. It explains the conflict of the ages. And here's what it says, a great sign appeared in heaven... Revelation 12, 1, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. Now, a great sign opens up chapter 12, verse 1. It appears in heaven, and the sign is a woman. Now, the word sign is semion in Greek, and it means a token or a wonder. In fact, this word is used of Jesus' signs, for example, in the Gospel of John. The signs were pointing to something in the Gospel of John. In fact, eight signs are recorded in John's Gospel. These things have been written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. The signs were authentic miracles, but they pointed to the reality that Jesus Christ is the Messiah and that by believing in him, you'll have life, that is eternal life, in his name. This sign that appears in heaven is a woman, but it's, it's, it's a symbolic woman. It is not a literal woman. It's a sign that appears in heaven. It is a sign of a woman, but not a literal woman. Notice some things about her. She's clothed with the sun. I know a lot of you ladies shine, but, you know, anyway, this lady's clothed with the sun. She's got the moon under her feet, and on her head, she has a crown of how many? 12 stars. Now, if I asked you, just tell me, the number 12, what does it make you think of? The 12 what? Tribes Tribes of Israel. You might say the 12 apostles, right? Uh, But here, she has these 12 stars on her head. Now, who is this woman? What are we to make of this sign? The Roman Catholic Church believes that the woman of Revelation 12 is the Virgin Mary, Uh, Some of you recall that on September the 23rd, I believe it was, there were people who were spreading rumors that this this scene of Revelation 12 was explaining some sort of alignment of planets and it signaled the end of the world. Let me just say to you, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, these people are batting a big zero, zero, zero. Every time they predict a date, the one thing that you can pretty much take to the bank is they're going to be wrong. Because no man knows what? The day or the hour. Now, I will say to you, I believe Jesus indicated that we will have an idea of the season of his second coming. In fact, I've argued that as we've gone through the book of Revelation. I believe we're going to have horse and rider. We're going to have seals that will indicate that we are near the end. That's why my view is, I, I've kind of laid out to you that I think there will be things that you can look for. However, we haven't even seen those things yet. So anybody who starts predicting a date and putting, you know, an a, a exact day on it, I just say, you know, just be extremely careful because these guys have a dismal track record, okay? And I slept like a baby that night. I had a friend uh, some years ago, this was, this was several years ago, uh, there was another, another one of these guys, and he predicted the end of the world in October. And you guys, some of you guys remember that. as was a guy that owned a radio station or something. And he had done this before. And so a friend of mine uh, texted me the day after this was all going to happen, you know, by midnight. And he said, are you still here? <laughs> and I did not respond to his text. I just want you to just assimilate that for a second. We have a deep and profound friendship. (laughs) I did finally tell him I was, but I I milked it for a couple of hours anyway. Mary Baker Eddy, by the way, who was the founder of Christian science, claimed that she was the woman of Revelation 12. Um, That's A pretty bold statement when you pretty much write yourself into the Bible. You guys have heard about Christian scientists. Uh, They believe that everything is an illusion. Uh, They don't believe anything's really real. Sickness, you name it, is not real. So um, if you get sick, they say that's an illusion. Um, Evil is an illusion. Everything is an illusion. You heard about the Christian scientist who ends up in hell. He's in a corner of hell with his hands over his head, bobbing, saying, I'm not here, I'm not here, I'm not here. If you want to test the belief system of a Christian scientist, just ask them to step in front of a Mack truck and see if the truck is real. I don't recommend that, that's a joke. But your worldview, you know, you say everything's an illusion, but the reality is that's just flat-out nonsense. There are all these isms and belief systems, and, and you know, with all due respect to the Roman Catholic Church, and I think they have a little bit going for them because in this text, it does say the woman is about to give birth to a male child who will rule the nations. That's the Messiah. So there's at least some decent ground that this could be a reference to Mary. By the way, there are depictions of Mary in Roman Catholicism that depict her this way with the sun, and she's standing upon the moon, and so forth. That's where this comes from.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Visit the Walk in Truth store today and get the DVD series in Revelation by Michael Lance. The book of Revelation reveals the person and work of Jesus Christ. This book will give you a unique glimpse into heaven and the worship that happens there. It also reveals the future. We see the Seven Sealed Scroll, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, the Mark of the Beast, and learn about the new heaven and the new earth. Join Michael Lance in these DVD series of the dramatic, often sobering book. Visit the Walk in Truth store today to order your copy of the DVDs, all available to help you dive deeper into the book of Revelation. Visit walkintruth.com today. That's walkintruth.com. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth.
1: does say the woman is about to give birth to a male child who will rule the nations. That's the Messiah. So there's at least some decent ground that this could be a reference to Mary. By the way, there are depictions of Mary in Roman Catholicism that depict her this way with the sun and she's standing upon the moon and so forth. And that's where this comes from. But this is an elevation of Mary that is unbiblical. And I think as Protestants, we all we have to be careful to say, look, we have great honor and respect for Mary, right? She was a chosen woman of God, but she is not a co-redeemer of mankind. There is one God And one mediator between God and man, that is the man Christ Jesus. Remember at that um, wedding in Cana of Galilee, uh, she said, whatever he tells you, listen to him, (laughs) right? So Mary had a very special place to be the mother of the Messiah, but she is not a co-redemptrix. She is not, you know, she does not give us access to God. We get access to the father through the son. End of story. So um, you say, well, then who is the woman, Pastor Michael? Well, the woman, clothed of the sun and the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. We're, we're getting an idea of who she is by looking at the 12 stars. But we have, I think, the, the interpretation on safe ground when we hear these words. And I just want to encourage you, just write this down. Most of you are familiar with this. This is Genesis 37, 9 through 11. Genesis 37, 9 through 11. Joseph has a dream. He says, I dreamed another dream. He sh- shared it over a bowl of uh, Fruit Loops. He said, behold, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. Genesis 37, 9. He related it to his father and to his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have had? Shall I and your mother... Now, uh, Jacob realizes that he and his wife are represented here. He had more than one wife, but that's another discussion. Shall I and your mother and your brothers actually bow ourselves down before you to the ground? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind. Father, Jacob, interprets the dream this way. It represents him, his wife, and his sons. Joseph would be the 12th star... 12 represents the number of tribes of Israel. So the woman, the sign of the woman, is the nation of Israel. Just taking scripture with scripture, she is the woman. She is the one, by way of sign, who gives birth to the male child who is to rule the nations. Now, I will tell you, I've treated this in other uh, Bible studies, but I'll just say this to you. Because Israel was the nation through which the Messiah would come, this explains a lot of the history of that nation. Why did the Pharaoh persecute them in Egypt? Why did the Assyrians persecute them and demolish the northern tribes? Why did Nebuchadnezzar with the Babylonian armies come in there and take them into a 70-year captivity? Why did Antiochus Epiphanes, who lived uh, and did what he did between about 171 and 164 BC, go in there, uh, slay a pig on the altar, desecrate the temple? In fact, he committed what is called the abomination of desolation, which is a foreshadowing of what the Antichrist will do in the future. And uh, he killed somewhere around 80,000 Jews Stop them from circumcising their children, stop them from reading the Torah. In fact, he started burning the Torah scrolls. He is a type of the coming Antichrist, a foreshadowing, if you will. Why did they go through that? Why did they have the Roman legions coming, come in there in 70 AD and, and destroy uh, Jerusalem to the ground? Why has this happened? Why did Nazi Germany happen in the Holocaust? I think the only way that you can explain these things in world history and the hatred that has come towards the Jewish people, and let me qualify this by saying, we all understand that Jewish people are not perfect, right? We all understand that the nation of Israel today, though they came back to the land in 1948 and recaptured Jerusalem in 1967, are not a perfect people. In fact, they are largely either atheists or agnostic, They believe in what you might categorize as Zionism. Zionism is a a passion for country, but not necessarily a belief in God. Most Jewish people, especially in the nation today, are not believers in God. So if you have a question about why does the Christian church talk about Israel, support Israel, and that kind of thing, here's the reason. Israel is God's chosen people. God is going to work again in the ethnic nation of Israel. That's a position that I hold. I believe it's undeniable, biblically. But it doesn't mean that Israel is perfect or that everything they they do is right. But we are told in Psalm 122, verse 6, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Why? Because the Bible tells us to. We're told, as those who have been grafted into that Promise, if you will, into the trunk of the tree, which is Israel, not to be puffed up about our position as Gentiles, that is non-Jews. We have to be careful. God did choose this nation and made an unconditional covenant with Abraham. So this woman is the nation of Israel, verse two, and she was with child and she cried out, being in labor and in pain to give birth. Now this is a very picturesque, powerful, uh, image here of labor. When a woman is in labor, it's a, it's a radical time, right? I mean, you hear of ladies going through, you know, 20 hours of labor. It's, these are times when I thank the Lord. I'm a guy. I mean, I just have to be honest. (laughs) We couldn't handle it. That's right. But we, we try to help with the breathing, right? I remember when Shane was born, I was pacing the hallways, and it was pretty intense. (laughs) And I wasn't the one in labor. But anyway, never mind. Before I get in any more trouble, let's move on. (laughs) But she's in labor. So when a woman's in labor, just think about it. She's not thinking about a lot of other things other than, I want to have this baby, and I want to have this baby now and in between threatening her husband, (laughs) right? That's pretty much it. It's she's in pain to give birth. And this image is used all over the Bible. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 24, the things that he described in those early verses are only the beginning of labor pains. Israel's described as a woman in labor, right? It's this very distressful time, but... The end is, of course, the birthing process. And so Israel has been a nation in labor, in pain. Think about all that they have been through. Think about how many Jews died in the Holocaust. Have you been to a Holocaust museum? How many of you? Just raise up your hand. I tell you what, I went to the Holocaust museum in Israel. I walked out of there in stunned silence for what mankind can do to mankind. It's just, just, there's no words.
0: You've been listening to Pastor Michael Lance on Walk in Truth. This has been part one of his teaching in Revelation chapter 12 about the conflict of the age. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. But first, remember, you can listen to today's teaching again and previous teachings in the book of Revelation when you visit our website, walkintruth.com. .com. Walk in Truth is also available for free on many podcast apps, apps like iHeartRadio, iPodcast, Spotify, Google Music, and many more. Search Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe. Walk in Truth is a ministry supported by faithful listeners like you. A monthly pledge of at least $5 goes a long way to make sure we can pay for everything that goes into producing this program. We appreciate everyone that supports Walk in Truth, and we hope you become a $5 partner too. To give online, visit walkintruth.com. To give by mail, make your donation out to Walk in Truth. Our mailing address is Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. And thank you for your partnership in this mission to reach out with God's Word. Now, here's Pastor
1: Michael. I'm excited to let you know that we have something new for you that our team's developed here at Walk in Truth. It's a daily devotional coming out of our church in the city of Corona called Living Truth Christian Fellowship. A great brother in the Lord named Paul Hicks has been doing devotionals during the week that you can get on your phone several times a week, I'm personally blessed by these. I get to open them up and be encouraged by a scripture verse and some thoughts from Paul. And you have the opportunity to subscribe to this Step Closer devotion to help you in your walk with the Lord and literally to help you get a step closer in your walk with Jesus. I know life is busy. I know sometimes it's hard to crack open your Bible every day. And so this is a way just to Access something on your phone. It'll be there for you. You can read it. Be encouraged. I know for me personally, it's always good to just start my day with the Word of God, have a little devotional thought, some time of prayer, and it just seems to kind of orient or set right my whole day. I'm sure you can relate to that. Well, we have this for you. It's available when you uh, text step closer, the word step closer as one word actually, to 33222. Remember, it's all one word. Text step closer as one word to 33222. One more time, step closer, 33222. Text that today. Join us in this walk as you and I get a step closer in our walk with Jesus.
0: Be sure to come back tomorrow to hear part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Revelation 12 about the conflict of the age. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. In addition to our faithful listeners and financial partners, this program is made possible by our staff, Executive Administrator Pastor Mike Rizzi, Audio and Video Technician Nathan Lance, Program Director Rob Newton, Graphic Arts Director Brenda Lance, Walk in Truth Store Admin Lurie Bondi, Financial Admin Claudia Rizzi, and Senior Pastor Michael Lance. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people.